Welcome back to the Finnish Football Show. It's FFS 12. I'm Mark Wiltshire from Explore Finland Radio Show. Joined today, as ever, by Mark from FC Swarmy. Hi, Mark. Hello. And there's Rich from Escape Swarmy. Hi, Rich. Hello. Those that were waiting for us live on Google, apologies. We, we didn't have technical problems. We had personnel problems. Uh, and Mark had some logistics problems, but we're all here now. We waited for him to join us because we want we want him here from the beginning for all the good stuff that he's going to bring. Um, first of all, Rich, what shirt are you wearing today? Did you have a Twitter poll? I did have a Twitter poll. Um, after a couple of hundred votes, the winner was this rather fetching uh, early 90s, I think it was 93, Coops goalkeeper shirt, which I got off eBay a couple of years ago. Um, and it's in quite good nick, and I worry I'm a fire hazard. So, um, yeah, <laughs> thanks for all those that chose it anyway. Be careful of the Christmas candles. Um, for once, I can stand up and show my shirt. Look, it's a bit tricky with the, with the microphone, but I found my Finland shirt. I was digging around in a box of, <laughs> a box of my old clothes that my colleagues were going to wear at a fancy dress party, <laughs> which <laughs> says something about my clothes from the, uh, from the 80s. Uh, or from the 90s, and uh, I found this, and I thought, right, I'm going to get it out and show the boys and girls watching the Finnish football show. This episode is live on YouTube. I know some of you have been waiting on there. Thanks for, thanks for waiting. Uh, we've got Henry on there. Juspe, I think, is on there. So uh, we've, got some, we've got some of you there, which is, which is great news. Thanks for joining us. Um, this is, as I said before, FFS 12. It's the last one of... 2016, and I, I reckon we just about managed to get one a month. I think it was a year ago today that we did episode episode two, so we've just about done one a month. Um, and this episode really is just looking back at, at what's been going on in the world of Finnish football over the last few weeks since we had the, the last episode. So we want your input. Live viewers, I will keep an eye on the YouTube page. Um, if you're watching live, you'll see the comments from Henry and Juspe. Just add your, add your comments down below. Um, use Twitter uh, for using the hashtag FFS12. And maybe, Rich, you can keep an eye on Twitter. Um, and the podcast listeners, use social media. Get, back in, get in touch with us afterwards with your, with your feedback. Uh, our Twitter handles, at uh, FC Swarmy for Mark there, at uh, Escape to Swarmy for Rich, and at Explore Finland for me. And we'll do our very best to get this podcast out in the next few days. Um, I seem to have overcome some of the technical problems I had earlier in the year and should be able to turn it around pretty quickly, so fingers crossed. Um, Rich, as ever, no noisy biscuits, no F-bombs. Apparently having, apparently having a, a small baby in the house has, has made Rich you know, calm down his potty mouth, so that's a, that's a good thing for our age restriction on iTunes, so good stuff. This so, as I say, starts and ends with news. Uh, it's all news. There's been no football. So how about if we take it in chronological order, building up to the big story that, that broke over the weekend that I'm sure you've all got lots to say about. So going back a few weeks um, was Finland versus Ukraine, or Ukraine versus Finland, as it was uh, an away game for Hukajat. Um I missed the game. I can't quite remember now. I think I sat up too late on the night before watching England toil. 
And then the Finland game, game, came, game came along and I've got a feeling I might have fallen asleep, which makes me a very irresponsible host of a Finnish football show. But that's not news to anyone. So I'm going to, as always, throw it open to my co-hosts. Um, who both have but, their heads in their hands in different ways as we speak. We do, we do pride ourselves on being, you know, old guys who like football. And so falling asleep in front of the TV is, you know, it's within the remit, I think, of our collective. And it's the week of football, UEFA's dream of having games kick off at 9.45, especially think... when they do it on a Monday or Tuesday night. Yeah, 9.45 in, in Finland and, and getting to sleep at around midnight. But actually, I don't even know if I made it to the sofa in front of the football. <laughs> <laughs> I think I failed even before that. Have you ever been to the UEFA uh, week of football site? It's yeah. a really weird thing. There's a thing which is like, so it's, they had like a campaign, a week of football, and then you click the link and there's only one page in the UEFA's website and it's got one paragraph, which is like, we think there should be football every day. Stop. And that's it. That's the only thing there. It's, it's, a, it's marvelous PR. <laughs> <laughs> so how was this, how was this fixture? What was, t- tell us about the game. What did, what did, we, did we learn anything from the game? Well, we've got some results out of it. Um, weirdly, I was, um, I say I'll, I'll let Mark go shortly. I just the second half of that game was probably well, certainly the best they played in a qualifier under Backer. Um, they made two, um, went four four two. They'd done their usual pack the defence to begin with, um, but against a decent Ukraine team, I mean, obviously they got a goal in the first half. For 45 minutes, albeit 1-0 down, Finland looked half-decent. Um, you know, it's clearly far little too late. Isn't that the trick, though? Yeah. I mean, that's what... That's, so, I, I, I agree. We, I mean, we looked... We did look better, a lot better in the second half. But by the same token, Ukraine never looked uncomfortable. No. You know, and we still didn't really create anything... Of of sort of real note. Mark had think. that one chance, and it's been close. Yeah. yeah. Um, oh yeah, he should. Yeah. yeah, he should. Have, yeah, yeah, he should have definitely put that away. So we had one. Bit, so we had one yeah. clear cut it's chance. Like those, it's been like those Rolling Stones concerts where they sort of save the their big hits, the best songs, right to the end of the show, so everyone comes out thinking, "My God, that was great," and most of it was filler. And you know, we've come away thinking, "Oh, that that wasn't that bad," but. Yeah, and I think it's a bit it's, it's a bit different to play. Uh, it's, it's it's a bit different to play against a team that's one nil up, like who are at home, who who know that you know we don't have a great potency. You know what I mean? I I just sort of through the whole game, like we talk about one of Finland's failings in the last you know couple of years being game management, and I thought the Ukrainians did game management pretty much perfectly because they had a, a raucous crowd that wasn't particular <laughs> didn't seem to be particularly bothered or affected by the football on the pitch they were at home they they went one nil up and then they thought okay we've got pacey wingers who can hit these guys on the break so let's just see what they can kind of throw at us and like i said we built a lot of play again down the middle but didn't really you know didn't really impact ukraine a great deal i mean we, even Mark and his chance, it was a sort of a scuffle and a spill rather than like a, a, a well-worked move or, or operation, you know? And I think 
it just I did think at the end of it and particularly in the days that followed that you know he's probably done just enough the absolute bare minimum to stay in his <laughs> to stay in his job because we did look like Rich said like it might just sort of work but we were there I mean we'd done that before in the Iceland game it looked kind of like it would work but when you when you start to point to the, the things that we could have done that would have definitely turned the game I mean <laughs> the thing that I was trying to think about is that is you go into that Ukraine game after a year without winning. So you don't need to turn up and manage the game and you know be KG and be defensive. I've got an echo on. Um, but you know you need to go you know particularly somebody like Ukraine like Ukraine you need to go up and and try and hurt them. Try and hurt them. And I don't think we did. I don't think we did. Ooh, can you hear that? Ooh. Can you hear that? Okay. I am amazing. I am amazing. <laughs> <laughs> so, Mark's now talking to himself. The, the, the camera's gone a little bit crazy. I'm not quite sure what the problem is there. Maybe that's being caused by the, the echo. It keeps flickering between different, different ones of us. Um, let, let me ask this question or, or make this comment. <clears throat> um, Yuspe says that we learned that a defensive midfielder in Lang can't play very well as a winner, a winger. Was this was this was position Yeah. So there was uh, there's a lot of that. I mean, we didn't pack again. We didn't pack any wide players. He didn't pick up it. He didn't bring Mika Oyala. Not have a look in, look in all the year. All the year. Um, um, can play wing wing. But he didn't. But he point, didn't. Point. So when you pick a bunch of of defenders or defensive midfielders, we've got a lot of that kind of player. Then if you switch to playing four four two, you've got to shoehorn somebody somewhere. And I can partly I can understand it because Lam is a very good footballer. So if you're going to pick anybody to play out on a wing, stick him there. But yeah, we just we didn't pack. We packed. <laughs> we packed our bags for a five-three-two and for Uber defense. And when we needed to change, when he thought, "Oh crap, it's been a year and forty-five minutes without a win. I need to change something." Uh, we didn't have the tools in the box to do so. I think looking back with hindsight now, that you know, it's it's strange that you know this was a month ago and only now, and you know, it's hardly breaking news that the piece has been sacked. It's. You know, we, we look back at it and think, oh, you know, he's he had all that time. He had 11 matches. And we're thinking that in all that time, he seemed to suddenly learn how to change things with about 45 minutes of his reign to go. Well, I, I think it's, it's the, his big problem was when we got we got smashed by Poland in, was it? May, April, May, June, something March. Like that. March. Yeah. March. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> Man, how old am I? Um, <laughs> a bit of a granddad comment, but but yeah, so we got smashed 5-0 by Poland as they were like as those players were basically fighting against each other to get into the team that would go to the Euros. And after ever since that game, the next game after was Norway, and we played that's when we started playing 5-3-2. And that's when he sort of lost faith in the players and and the and the system, and he never recovered from that. How how much was this affected? Let's let's look at this. It's a very down. It's a very 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 slow start. Don't worry, Mark. don't worry, Mark. There's a ha- there's a happy ending. 
<laughs> glad to hear it. Um, well, how, how the, uh, the, the second the second point on the agenda is is kind of the uh, forms part of the title of this show. So and, oh, is it, all year we've been dying to use the the phrase backer, sacker, and cracker. And uh, and Roman Eremenko it may not have been crack, but it was certainly there was cocaine um, involved, and this has led to the to the ban. So. I think maybe when we were talking about this last time, uh, the last show, we didn't quite know exactly what what had gone on. What's how, how much did this affect the game? Um, well, that that Ukraine game, I don't think it really affected at all. We got withdrawn no. a couple of hours before the Iceland game. Um, oh, sorry, am I confusing? Yeah, confusing yeah and we knew. I mean, we so we knew. Yeah. We, I, although he was supposed to have a decision made, I think it was the day before. So yeah. if they'd have done the thirty days and then cleared him, he'd have been eligible to play. That being said, there was nothing, he was never part of the preparations and he was never yeah. part of, of anything. And, and the Balolito never actually, I, they didn't at all kind of stick up for him. And, I mean, you, I mean, they're, it's difficult to. to the club, haven't they? Yeah. And, and, they, and they've said, you know, we have, it's, we have a zero tolerance policy, which is, you know, partly I can understand it, but another part of me thinks that, you know, other associations, maybe less reputable ones would would probably say you know he's innocent until proven guilty and we you know we'll fight for our player and the other stuff so there's stuff that they could have done that i think they didn't uh do but but in terms of affecting the ukraine game the cocaine probably wasn't part of it I mean, and what about going going forward? Is this a is it a big miss from the team? I just uh, what what i'm looking at here is henry's made the comment about just think if we had Puki and Aero, pace and power up front, with Lod right behind, all those guys can score goals, which we haven't done forever. And then others start piling in with other players that could, could come in there, that, that Hammerlinen could play on the wing or as a sub. And we've got Pochi and Palo and Juspe says that, that Scrab could play as a winger. Um, how does... does Aero, is Eramenko that vital to the team or are there enough players there that we can we can cope without him for a couple of years he's he's the best foot finished footballer at the minute um but he's he won't be in two years time <laughs> probably not um but i mean so that, that while he is the best finished footballer at the minute we've always struggled to find a place for him in the team I think I, I can't remember a time when when because when he first came to the national team, it was when Liti had just retired and uh, Lossa uh, Alexei Yeremenko Jr. was taking the sort of number ten role, and he was playing a bit deeper. And as he got older and he got better and he started to outshine Lossa, and Lossa got dropped, he came into sort of the more offensive midfield. But that was at the same time that Mixu came in and sort of shoehorned him into the Christmas tree, which is just not. Which somehow we couldn't get him into a place like CSKA used him to win the title. They just couldn't, couldn't, couldn't. We couldn't do the same. So we've never. While he's the best footballer we've got, I don't think we've ever really used him to to any particular advantage. It seems it seems that he could be the sort of player to to build a team around, or could have been, and and to get get him. I'm I'm picking I'm picking the lock. I'm I'm, I'm creating things for other players. But the strange thing is, you think he's been, you know, he's got a two-year ban now, and assuming his appeal doesn't, you know, work out, 
you know, there's no way he's going to play for Finland again, surely. Um, be out of the game for two years. Um, and, you know, by the time he gets match fit and everything else. But like Mark said, you know, he's not played well for or He's not been the club Eremenko that he has been for the national team. Uh, and even a couple of years ago in the Baltic Cup, Nixu tried playing him so deep, like almost a Pirlo mm. type role. And even, you know, that's like the days when England played Beckham as the quarterback, you know, they tried to drop him to have an influence, but that's not his game. And, and you know, it's, it's difficult because, you know, how do you get the best, unless you build that team around him, you know, and when you've got two managers who are so wedded to either a particular system or a particular style of play, it doesn't really work. And, you know, it, it sounds awful, but on his national team form, he's not that big a loss. Um, Certainly the way that Backer was playing, the game kind of passed him by anyway. Mm. Um, it turned out his last game was the Kosovo match. And I think he had a couple of shots from distance. But, you know, in a game that an experienced head needs to get home with that team, he didn't. he's just sort of, he's a bit of a passenger. I think I was a bit rude about his performance in one of the previous episodes because I, th- I seem to remember that he stood out in my mind in that game for the the... the, the amount of balls he gave away and miscontrolled and, and the general ineptitude of the performance. So, And I, yeah. and, and I think that those comments probably drove him you know, <laughs> over the edge. <laughs> That's the kind of... and I am I'm truly sorry. I apologize. <laughs> no, yeah. but I mean, while it's true that he's never really fulfilled his potential in, in the national team, I still think it's an enormous miss because I think... There's always been something, like like Rich said, he's, he came to prominence in a time when managers were hell-bent on deploying a specific style of play that absolutely didn't suit him. So when you funnel both Mikru and, and Bakke played in a way where there was zero width, which is understandable because we don't have a lot of wide options, but still, there are ways around that. And when you've got no widths, you, 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 play, you, you put all the play down the middle, and opponents just box you in. And when you box in a guy like Roman Yermenko, it really cuts his... Like, he's not that A-class, top-class level. He could be or could have been, but but he's not that, like, there. So he's really... It's really easy to, to stop Finland when all of your play goes through that one guy in the middle of the pitch and there's no width because there's no way for... for for uh, Finland or, or our opponents to kind of spread uh, spread out the play in the possession, so we never at one it never in the same way that he never played well for Finland, we never once played to his strengths, which is it's a crying shame. And 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 it's 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 a similar thing with England over the years. I guess you can you could say with with players like Hoddle and then um Letizia and so and skulls and so on and so on you've got these these players that they're kind of wasted at that level um the ironic thing was that it was Hoddle who wasted Letizia for the for the England team so uh, as much as he sobbed about it as a player he then went and did the same thing Go but I, I will say one thing so he's, he's 30 is he 30 or 31 now I think he's 30 now yeah. so 33 <laughs> 33 for a guy like Roma, if he rehabilitates and, and keeps his fitness and sharpness, he should be able to play at a relatively high level for you know, another two, three years. So while it, I mean, I think that Roma will never play for Finland again, but I think that 
not because of his footballing ability. I think that because of the the sort of the current position of of the Palalito and the way it is. But I think if if he was if he was to work hard to to reform to clean up his act, to I mean, you know, you never know how the appeal process goes. Apparently, he was uh, just in the wrong place at the wrong time <laughs> this this one time <laughs> so i mean if if and if and if if he can get himself you know clean and, and hard working again then then 33 is is still an age where a player like roman could could play again for finland was he was he caught <laughs> was he did he test positive in russia no germany nobody tests positive nobody tests positive for cocaine in russia anything in russia <laughs> Let's move on from this before I get myself into trouble. Uh, just, just looking at uh, allegedly, uh, yeah, allegedly, in, in alleged trouble. Yeah, um, I'm not sure if it works that way. Um, just looking at the at the message board here, I just wanted to say hi to a, a couple of those that are watching live. Uh, Penton, whatever your real name is, Penton, you gave a wave, so hi, hi, Penton, and also to Yuha. So hi, Yuha. Thanks everyone there that's um, that's watching us live keep the keep the chat coming there's a few a few good comments i'm trying to weave into the show so keep that keep that coming i'll i'll give you a give you the credit um but now the moment that the Finnish football show has been waiting for or since it started 12 months ago back as saka mark actually we need to give we need to give a bit of credit to uh, Keke Muller of this parish who mm. broke the news to us anyway he didn't he didn't actually dig up the story himself completely he found it online as is the modern way but he certainly brought it to our attention what, guys Mark Rich what did you think of this when you when you saw it I was actually genuinely surprised gen- genuinely surprised because uh, they had the first meeting when Roma's cocaine stuff came out and there was no action taken on Bakke they said that they I didn't have time. Christ. He kind he, of came out of that well that weekend. Yeah, and something very interesting happened the day after. So he came out of the he came out of the interview. He said, "Yeah, we we uh, it's it's a complex issue. We had some really good talks. I think it's going well." That's what Bakke said. And and again, Perdialaya came out and said, "You know, there's a lot to analyze, a lot to process. We're not going to make any rash decisions." So basically, the message at that time from the Palalito was. You know, no news, nothing, nothing spectacular. The day after, Hanno Tihinen, uh, head of player development at the Balolito, came out and said, "The long-term goals of the of the association is to be the in the top 25 teams in the FIFA rankings by 2020, right?" Which to me says that they sat down in a room, they went through all of the terrible results from the last year, and Baki said, "It's not my fault. These players are no good." And then the head of player development, Hanno Dihinen, had to then stand up and come out and say, "Yeah, all right, we're going to do. We're going to work closer with the clubs. We're going to put a concerted effort on our on our national team pool and players, and we're going to be, you know, in the top twenty-five in the next in the next year." So it looked it looked to, like from the outside that Hanno was the guy that would take that was going to take the rap for poor performances, which I, I mean, hundred percent, I don't agree with, but it looked like that. That was the kind of the message and the and the and the raison d'etre that came out of of those meetings. Then this weekend, all of a sudden, out of out of the clear blue sky, it's not the player quality anymore. It's the fact that we haven't had results. You know, and it just—I mean, yeah, I was. It's it's a great. It's a, I mean, I think it's a fabulous, <laughs> fabulous 
decision because I think a lot of the things that the Russians have got to him. I'm back. Yeah, we 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 kind of lost you. You said you, you thought it was a fantastic decision. <laughs> God, stop. Yeah. So uh, yeah, so I, I said that because there are things that Finland were good at as a team years ago that they're no longer good at. So in 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 the, in the Iceland game when we stopped attacking and we defended only for 45 minutes, that was never a trait or or an approach to to a game that Finland had, you know, 10 years ago. In in chasing down balls and in in, in, in in being creative, we, we've never been in a situation where we didn't create the chances to the, even under Mixu, we were we were creating two or three chances per game and we weren't converting them. The the, the, the issue was partly that we didn't create enough, but partly that we did mainly that we didn't convert. And the issue under Baka has been only that we don't create. So there was a bit of combativeness, combativeness missing. The goals that we conceded were, were in large part due to a lack of organization and defensive organization is one thing that we've been incredibly good at, you know, for a decade or so. It, it's, it was, it's, what have, I think what have we, we've conceded 14 goals in 11 games, is it that or is it more? Or 18, 22. 19, 22 goals in 11 games. Hmm. I mean, that's, we got smashed 5-0 by Poland. That's, that doesn't happen. It didn't used to happen hmm. like that. So... So the decision was was the right one because a lot of the things that we've been good at we've lost and we haven't really improved in any other area. For the for the last year, it seems to me that there's there's always news about Finnish players that are doing good things overseas. There may not be hundreds, but there's certainly ten to fifteen players playing at a decent level and at different times doing doing good things at whatever club they're playing at beyond the wit of man to somehow harness that, that form and that ability. into. I know they can't all necessarily play in exactly the same position they play for their clubs, and they're not going to be surrounded by their club teammates in every game for Finland. But, you know, it can't be, it can't be impossible to improve on how things have been, can it? But that's his job. That's to, imp- to get a team and improve and play above the sum of their parts. And you look at the players that, you know that Finland do have good players. You know, you look at the spine of the team. I, I'm not, you know, the biggest fan of some of them, but I mean, look at Fredetsky. He's playing in goal for Eintracht Frankfurt and playing very well in a team that's doing well. Stick him in a Finland shirt. He dropped howlers in his last two games. Um, you know, you've got yes, Tim Starr's been injured, and when he plays, he can control the game. But that's not how Baka plays either. Um, Hetemay is doing reasonably well at Kievo. Again, he looks like he's been hamstrung. Puki just runs around and runs around. Whereas at Bronbu, he's scored is it 13 league goals now. 14. Season. 14, sorry. He's scored 14 league goals. And yet, for Finland, he runs around like a headless chicken because there's no one within 50 yards of him because they're all defending. Um, you know, the coach's job especially for a national team, you don't have a lot. You've got maybe five days every six weeks to train and work with those players. So all you can do is select the team, determine how they're going to play and get them in the right mood, get them in the right mental frame to execute those tactics. So yet, you know, I'm not saying it's certainly not an easy job, but, you know, this guy's come in not knowing any of the players and has basically said, right, this is how you're playing. And, you know, we sort of hark back to the days of Mixu, and at least Mixu had 
bloody system. It wasn't the right system. It was awful for, for what he was trying to achieve. But, you know, this is, this is where we are now. We long for the days of mixing. But That's it. That is a... It yeah. Just, I mean... Yeah. When we start, when we started this, I mean, we started yeah. talking about there could not possibly like that we loved Mixer and we wanted them to succeed, but it's time to come, and it was all over, and yeah. it couldn't get. We didn't at the time. Do you remember at the time we were saying yeah. I didn't think there could be anybody worse than Baxter, yeah. and Mixer, <laughs> Mixer hit Baxter like six feet under, and then we went through fifty feet of crap, yeah. and hit Baxter, and Baxter yeah. is like. You're one hundred percent right. You, you take the ingredients that you've got, and you're supposed to make them better than the sum of their parts. And and Bacchus kind of his his reputation before Finland was that he was a good organizer, defensively solid and sound, uh, and a really good communicator. So he was able. He was a good and a good motivator. So what you were supposed to see was. Uh, maybe not the best tacti- tactics or technique, but a motivated team that was well organized that could balance, you know, attack and defense. But so that's what the new man needs to do then. <laughs> that is that is a segue and a half. <laughs> yeah, that's what that's what Marco Rive needs to do. The funny thing so is, tell, it, tell people a little bit about. Sorry, sorry, Rich. Go on, Rich. Well, no, no, I was just going to say that um, you know the new man coming in. You know, Ayala has said in his Pravda-style video interview with no one, he's basically said his target or what he's going to achieve from his three-year contract is qualifying for the next Euros. Now, it's the way the Euros are set up these days, it's almost as difficult not to qualify because there's 24 teams and I I don't think they've even decided how they're going to do it this time because there isn't a host nation. Mm. But in... The six years, I think it is, since Littman has retired, and we're sort of calling this year zero for this stat, Finland have only beaten in qualifiers six teams. And they're the Faroe Islands, San Marino, Moldova, Georgia, Belarus, and Greece. And this is the worst, and that was the worst Greek team for 40 years. Well, let's hope we get those all in one group then, Rich, and we'll be laughing. Well, this right, yeah, but I think uh, San Marino might be top seeds. So tell tell me a little bit about the new. It's not just one man. There's a team, and when I when I heard about this team, uh, it's Canerva, uh, supported by Antti Niemi, who will be known in the in the UK for his his time at um, at Rangers and at Southampton and Fulham. There's Jonathan Johansson also at Rangers and at, at Charlton. Then there's Simo Valakari, who's doing great stuff at, at Saniocchi. At the moment, and, and, you know, and will be had... known in England for Derby County. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and and uh, that as well. Um, so let's let's talk a little bit about these these new guys. Let's start with Marco. He's going to be the the, the head man, um, and he had a little go about a year or so ago. Yeah, yeah. It's uh, this is his third time. Third time's a charm. So this is his third stint as as Hawker, your boss. I think he had two games in two thousand and seven or eight. Or was it later than that? I think it was after Baxter, wasn't it? Which would be 2010, 11. Yeah. Something like that. Yeah, so anyway, and he didn't win. And then he, and then he came in last year. And he came in for that bit when we knew that Bakke would start. But while Bakke was on the sofa in Sweden. <laughs> uh, <laughs> if only there was some way we could have known. <laughs> um 
and and yeah, so in that in that time he beat the Pharaohs at home and he beat Greece away. We were a minute away from beating Romania away uh, when uh, Nicholas Moisander played on played Stanko on side, uh, and they they equalised in the ninety first or second minute, and then we drew against Northern Ireland at home for the last game, which was a bit of a damp squib. Um, but in those, I mean, in those games, that's when uh, your boy Paulo first as well came came to the floor to the fore. He scored against. He scored a hell of a goal against Romania. A good goal against Greece. A bit of a scrappy goal against the against the Pharaohs at home. Uh, and we played four four two. We played very narrow uh, counter attacking football, a little bit like Leicester City play. So in that. In that time, you know, we all sort of finished last year and thought it's a bit of a shame that Baka has to start because Kander has actually done enough of a job, I think, to warrant or to merit a, a full-time gig, full-time crack at it. What do we know about the team that's supporting it? Obviously, I, I can talk about what, what Simo's been up to, but what about the others? What about Niemi and Johansson? Since they finished playing, what, where, where have they been? What have they been doing? Any Anyone? Johansson's been... Sort of, he was coaching. Was it Motherwell's development team? I think it was for a while. But he gave an interview to one of the Scottish rags a couple of weeks ago, saying that he was ready to start, you know, working towards becoming a full-time manager. Um, yeah. Now, sort of becoming pretty much Canerva's assistant, albeit with Simon as well. You know, he's he's going to get himself, you know, working with you know a team that yeah, he's not going to be the main man, but. You know, bear in mind he had over a hundred caps for Finland. You know, this guy, and between the four of them, there's over two hundred and fifty caps. I mean, these guys have been there and done it. You know, Johansson was part of that team that really was the best Finland team in the last generation. Um, was that the Roy Hodgson team? Uh, I think it was slightly before it, that, maybe. A bit before, <laughs> yeah. Uh, who's the guy? So, the Hifki manager now, Murinen. Yeah. Um, but you know, the, and he's sort of been on the cusp. So I know he's been doing some work with with Rangers, and you know he was doing a bit of um, APS as well. And you know, coming into it, these are young guys who haven't been retired from playing that long. They're obviously hungry to become good managers. They've been learning abroad. They've been watching and you know dipping in and out, and they're not jumping in at the deep end. And you know, especially Simo is looking like he's been. You know, it's difficult to say for being quite new in his career, but it would almost look like an apprenticeship for him to take over in three years' time. Whether that would suit him or not, I don't know. But you've got players who yeah, it doesn't it doesn't suit me very very much, Rich. Well, Actually, well, looking at the message message board, Yusuf said he wanted a team managed by Valakari with Johansson, Niemi, and Hupia helping him out, and I can say that I wholeheartedly disagree with that as well. <laughs> Simo is a very, very steadily guiding Saniyoki into into new uncharted waters, and I'd like him to stay exactly where he is. Thank you very much. But that's the thing, as we talked about in the Facebook group. You know, these, especially Simo, JJ, and Antiniemi, these are guys who they are that bit younger, and hopefully they'll have seen enough in their travels and in their different experiences that give a wider view to how football is evolving outside of what Backer's narrow view was or Mixer's narrow view. You know, this is they're looking at players, dealing with players on a day-to-day basis in Simo's case. 
what motivates these players? What do they want to achieve? How can I get the best out of these players? And especially he, Simo is used to now with players who, who are winners. You know, he's got them winning a league title. He's got them winning the Finnish Cup last year. These are players who he's motivated, certainly partly, to getting them to win and become that sort of team on the front foot. You know, which is something that, let's be honest, Finland have missed that. They, they're almost going into every game as an underdog. And mm. sometimes you need, need to be able to change that mentality. You know, the rest of this group already for World Cup qualifying, you, you might as well ride it off. But you've got you're playing against very good players still. You know, the teams that they're playing against are going to have players who you can learn from, systems, tactics that you can learn from, and take that forward going into the next Euros. But the, but this is the but this is the this is the trick though because you can't while we almost certainly won't qualify, you can't write off this qualification campaign because we've got games coming up that will. If we keep losing, we'll go outside the top 100, which will put us in pot five or pot six when we get drawn into the next qualification set, which will put us up against tons stronger teams. We like, we can't, the, the, <laughs> in a funny way, the ambitions that they've set for themselves means that there's no way we can just sort of like try and figure it out for the next couple of games. We've got to start winning. We've already got... By 2020, we'll. Have... I just meant the pressure was off. Yeah, no, 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 I know, I know, I know what you mean. But I think a lot of this, a lot of what you look at with Finland is 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 a bunch of players that look like the pressure's off. You know what I mean? And and for for 2020, if we're going to improve to the standard that we that we say we're going to improve to, if we're going to qualify for a tournament, if we're going to get to the top 25, then we have to factor in the fact that we've got a year now where we haven't won. So we've got like maybe, <laughs> this is kind of stupid, but mathematically, we've only got about 20, 30 points in the bag for the, that, that this year is going to contribute towards our points total in 2020 when we do the ranking stuff. So, you know, we absolutely have to start to, to make kind of positive gains. And I... <sighs> the rebuilding starts now. We need Basically. a revolution. I think the... I think looking looking and watching what Simo's done. I mean the, the Senioki team that he you know he took over, I don't know, is it three or four years ago now? Um this the the success of the last three years has been on under his watch. And I know that there's a lot of um use of sort of technology in preparing the players, you know, maybe maybe it happens everywhere watching watching videos and analysing and, and really understanding the opposition. And it's brought success to Senioki, so that's something that he, that he can do. And it'll be interesting for him, I guess, coaching a team in, in Finnish language because the coaching and everything at Senioki is done in English as they try to develop young players into people that can go out into the international football oh, world. Um, really? And also, yeah, yeah, it, it is. And I, I remember learning this... Well, with the Explore Finland podcast uh, a few years ago, that the training is is mostly done in English, and you hear a lot of English being shouted out on the pitch during the games. It's the way to make sure that this, you know, because there's a lot of international players mm. in that club and in that and in the league, to make sure that they can all communicate. English is that international language, um, and I think one one final thing is that that this year or at the start of the the 2016 season. Senioki lost a lot of players, brought a lot in, and it didn't work. We discussed this in many recent shows, 
And halfway through the season, Simon said, right, we start, you know, we, we have to make changes and wasn't scared of making those changes. And maybe that's something that can be brought into the national team as well. I think as well, when you look at, I mean, so he's, he's brought in a lot of players, um, but when you look at some of the really, the big hitters that have kind of driven Asiko's success, you look at like Mehmet Heitemai, uh, you look at Roperiski, you look at uh, Oyala, the centre back. You know he's he does have a he's got a good faith in Finnish players. You know what I mean? So he's not like like we discussed. You know Hoiko and their issues and how they've sort of I guess filled filled their their playing squad with some some temperamental foreign imports in really key positions. And uh, you look at, at at Valakari, and I think he's made some pretty astute signings of Finnish national players that. That have really made that team stronger. Any anything else, Rich, to add on this new management team? Um, like you said, I think it's certainly a step in the right direction, and, and for the future as well. Um, I say it would be interesting to see the the dynamic, you know, with Kaneva being the head man. You know, it turned, you know, it's apparent that he didn't even apply for the job when it was open mm. a year ago, which is why he wasn't apparently considered. Although, you know, he's there, he's on the Palo Lito payroll already. You know, it's... You thought they might have known he was there? Well, they certainly they knew he was there because they kicked him out of the hot seat. But um, it's, um, you know, at least they've got, you know, between the four of them, they've got so much experience and they've got a good mix of, you know, backgrounds. They've got a good mix of current outlooks as well. And, you know, hopefully, you know, the players that... Finland have got that, you know, there are the odd youngster dribbling through, but they've got the same core of the team that were there three, four years ago. You know, it's what they can do with that. They'll be earning their money. Is there enough of them? Because young, young players. No, I mean, I, have, I mean, coaches, no. because if you think about uh, back it, back it. So who left? Ikalainen left, Wall left, the Swedish guy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so three three coaches left, and Simo has come in to a little bit stopgap that, and he's still managing Asiko, which is a full time job. So I'd imagine Simo's contribution would be a lot, basically on the training pitch. Uh, I'd imagine he's got he's, he's probably still got it in terms of like his uh, his abilities. So I don't I don't think he's going to do a lot of scouting. I don't think he's going to do a lot of you know work on, on player identification, that kind of stuff. So, But he will be seeing the, the, the domestic-based players regularly and, and, and understanding their strengths from the research, you know, the, the analysis for the Astico games. True, very true, yeah. Which may, may mean nothing because it may be that the, the overseas-based players are the ones that are, are brought into the, the Hukaya squad anyway, but you never know. It's a man on the inside of the Bakehouse League, at least. Hmm. Yeah, I mean, that should be a positive thing. With a bit of luck, there'll be a bit more Mehmet Heitemai might catch a break because I think he's been he's deserved a call-up for you know, a good six months or so. Are we feeling more positive about the future? In the last couple of days, yeah. <laughs> <I> think, um... <laughs> well, that's... But then we said this last year. <laughs> I can't help but feel we're a little bit we're a little bit flat. I can't say how we could be less positive. Because under Backer, you were thinking it's going to be a long, 
it's it was basically just a waiting game for when the when the Balalito would take any action. Now that they have, we have to be more positive because you know we can sort of draw we could draw a line around 2016 and just call it mistake and, uh, and move on. Let's um, let's look at something else a bit more positive. First of all, Nicholas um, says hi on the message board. So hi, Nicholas. Thank you for joining us. And we've got Juha and Henry and Yuspet on the message board talking about uh, how good or bad Asiko were this year. Um, and I think the general agreement was that they were they were pretty awful in defence at the beginning of the year. And, and Yuspet is right. Valles Asiko made a huge, huge difference. And um, and also, you know, putting one or two performances. I think playing for Andorra towards the end of the uh, end of the year as well. Yeah, <laughs> true, true, true. <laughs> I think he played very well in the was it a five nil defeat to Portugal. So you know, take every every glimmer of of hope. More positive, something that came out recently was this, and it's very positive for those of us that are based in, let's say, Ostrobotnia region. Is the Euro uh, two thousand and eighteen under nineteens competition, which is going to be staged in Vaza and Sanioki. Uh Who who knows a bit more about this? Um, well, I mean, it was awarded to Finland about a year ago. Um, and then, say, last week they've decided, and a friend of the show, Larry, has said that they've, the way that they'll be organising it for this edition is it will be the two groups, two groups of four, and it will only be based in San York and Vasa. In, in other tournaments, they've held them, you know, four, five, six stadia. But, um, you know, Finland will qualify as hosts. They've known for the best part of the year which age group it'll be that are building towards this tournament. So they're the current under-17s. Um, you know, and the the strange, the way that they work out the qualifying for such a small tournament is they actually have two qualifying competitions. So they've got the uh, preliminary round, which is drawn today, and they, top two from those groups, go through to what they call the elite round. Um, but either way, I mean, you, you're going to have players who, you know, are going to be in some cases on the cusp of big, big careers. The, the list that was on the Palo Lita website of players who've been in that age group tournament before, you know, with players like Pierre and um, you know, proper players with pedigree. And there's also uh, the places that I think it's a They'll be sorting out for the, the next FIFA Under-20 World Cup will come from that tournament. So, again, it's, it's a massive boost. And having two sort of new stadia hosting the UEFA tournament on home soil. Um, I mean, Finland have held age group tournaments before in the last few years. And even though the, the Finnish team haven't done well, they've still seen, you know, close up. Again, it's being exposed and, you know, being in that environment where you know suddenly the level of professionalism where it isn't you know a pokey qualifying tournament in the Faroe Islands you're now playing and preparing to play up-and-coming elite players it's um it's a big boost um you know and it looks like they're taking it seriously and we've got 18 months plus until the games kick off and um you know already they're the Palo Lito are hyping it up. It's not even their baby. Yeah, and it's, uh, that for those that are, are watching or, or listening, I should say, that that don't that don't know, um, Vaza is is 
based on the on the coast uh, of Ostrobotnia, about four hours north of, of Helsinki. It's reportedly the one of the sunniest parts of Finland. And Seinäjoki is uh, about 45 minutes to an hour inland from there. Uh, but they're both, both quite close together. And for those of us that are, are here or those that come to visit that summer, it's going to be really easy to get back and forward between the two, the two grounds and catch a lot of, you know, probably quite good quality football being played. Yeah, I think it's just something that, you know, to see the, the various national associations bid for the honour of hosting these events. Um, you know, the fact is that, you know, Finland have done this and it's, you know, it's a decent, you, you can have a decent crop of these players who cannot go on to play big five leagues, you know, and some of them will become household names. And you know, even for the kids in the area who go along, it would be nice to mm-hmm. go to say that we saw that player play in Seinjoki in 2018. Um, you know, it's a it's a massive opportunity, and you know, just the whole situation around it. It's it's it is a good news story. Yeah, and 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 the the, the players that come over here are going to get some cracking facilities as well. You know, two two stadiums that have opened just within this year. Um, they're still going to be in in great condition in a couple of years' time, and yeah. looking forward to it. It's going to be good. And in you know in two years' time, there's any teething problems those stadium have, hopefully be ironed out. There'll be various preparation work going on, um, and hopefully, you know people will have a, you know I mean it kicks off about three days after the World Cup finishes. Hopefully, people will still be in a, you know good football frame where they, oh I want to go and see some football. Oh there's some decent international football on my doorstep. Can drag your drag your ass off the sofa and actually yeah. into the stadium to watch to watch a game. And I guess there'll be so many games that the they'll probably have the tickets priced nicely to try and incentivize some some good crowds coming along as well. well yeah, because I mean they, you know, I don't know how widely broadcast they are. I mean, in the UK, these tournaments are normally on at least they're on Eurosport. Um, you know, the last thing they're going to want to show is an empty stadium. So. Mm. Mm-hmm. And it's, I mean, it's a big test for the lead. I mean, that they're always quite or quite often putting out numbers about how many new registered players and how many registered coaches they have. You know what I mean? So there's a there's a kind of a primed population of people in Finland that should be, you know, inherently interested in this kind of thing. And I think if they can get, you know, a good show and good, uh, first of all, a well prepared team to compete, and then also pretty decent, sizable stands, uh, fans in the stands, then. Uh, I think we can have a bit more sort of faith in the <laughs> in the association. Hey, we we clearly know that the Ballolito is listening to us because we've been campaigning all year for a new manager for the national team, and it's finally happened. So, if we've got that kind of influence over over the football world in Finland, then how about how about this? We the Finnish football show, dear Ballolito, if you're listening, the Finnish football show want to help you publicize this competition. We're excited about it. Well, we're well, one third of us is here, living here, right in the middle of where the competition is going to be taking place. What one third of us can commute? <laughs> yeah, some of us are to train at the But in the lead up to it, let's you know we're we're here. We're going to be talking Finnish football, hopefully for the next uh, year and a half, at least up until that competition. So let's you know you, you let, let's let's talk. We don't have people to talk to your people. We are the people. So talk to, talk to us. And, you know, maybe we can, we can do something here. To have a regular, regular uh, spot building up towards the, uh, the under-18s, under-19s.
competition in 2018. Yeah, and I mean, you know, looking at the, the squad list for, for that tournament, you've got, you know, these are players' names who do get touted around quite a lot, either because of the clubs that they're linked to now or for previous performances. You know, Sergei Eremenko, we come back to the Eremenkos again, he was in the Guardian's top whatever list of up-and-coming young players. Teenagers, yeah. Yeah, he's now at Basel. You've got, you know, players who admittedly, whether they get near the team, but they're on the books of Everton, West Brom, Stoke, Hamburg, you know, big, big clubs. So, you know, and they know this is the age group that will be competing in that tournament. You know, they're the ones who were born in 99, and let's feel old, some of them after 2000. But, you know, they will be competing in that tournament. And, you know, maybe they should be given a bit of the seat, you know, the silver service because they're the ones that we represent them and they know they'll qualify for that. So why not? Bring it on. Bring it on. Bring it on. Bring it on. So when we were, when we were planning this show, I said to Mark and Rich, the whole show's about, about news stories. So these are the things on the agenda. And then Mark asked if we could have non-agenda items on the agenda. So we've now got some non-agenda news items. I think we've touched on it a little bit already, Mark, but you, you wanted to say something about uh, Puki and his current form. Don't go silent on me. Is he gone? He's, he's gone very still. <laughs> All right, let's come back to that then when he, when he joins us in a minute. There, were, there was also some talk about transfers, Rich. Can you, can you talk to us about some um, of the transfers? Yeah, I mean, some of the ones that have already gone through, I mean, the... You know, the big sort of domestic one is um, Timo Burholm is coming back to Finland, signed for Inter. Um, and again, something we talked about um, last week, that him and Nyatsi Kucci up front for Inter is going to be fantastic. Again, mm. we go back to the problems that the Kucci's had at Banda last year and you know, having players up front who can score goals will be interesting to see how the building goes for the rest of it. But I mean, those two up front, you are going to get goals. Um, you know, Mikel Forsell has left Hoiko and as is believed, he might be signing for Hifke, um, whether and be told he has to take a pay cut. But then if he moves to any club from Hoiko, that's going to be the case. Um, Wops have lost about half their team. It's, um, there's lots of changes as per usual. Um, one thing that did come up in the last couple of days that I noticed is that um, Nikolai Elho from Hoikos training with Hibs in the Scottish First Division, who are now managed by Neil Lennon, which is a small world. But um, he, yeah, he's done quite well there. And um, if he goes there, that'd be another Finn. There's, they've got Otso Vietinen as their sort of second choice keeper. So um, again, a, a big club, albeit underachieving. But you know, it's, it's all go as per usual. Mark, we, we moved on to the subject of transfers. Any any that come to your mind that you wanted to mention? Did you do Paulus? No. no. Paulus Arayuri is moving from uh, Lech Poznan to uh, Brondby. Brondby, yeah, to be with Demo uh, Bukki, uh, which is a good, uh, psh, sort of a good, it's a good It's a good deal for him um, because he's better than the current crop of centre-backs there and he'll get game time. Uh, but I think he could have probably done better which is a strange, sort of a bit of a strange thing. I think, he, I think he, he's, he's done, he's done so well in Poland. You know, he's, he's won titles. He's, he won the cup last year. He's, he's been performing consistently uh, for Finland. He could have hit somebody like, 
next to know Celtic. Somebody, somebody in the Scottish there was, league. There was talk of him going to Rangers in the summer. Yeah, Rangers would be, you know, decent a decent fit for him. Uh, historic big club, uh, not too far away from maybe maybe not this year, but not too far away from returning to to the European stage. And he's leaving a club that's sort of Europa League group stage, kind of at that sort of level. Um, but yeah, yeah, Bromby's not a bad place. They're the only team that could probably challenge FC Copenhagen, who were I think ten points clear at the top of the Danish league. I'm very excited about Timo though. He, he he's been really he was really unlucky at at Hellesier. He got he got a pretty bad injury or two or three injuries actually uh, at the end of last year, and his injury break was so long that they had to go and bring in forwards to basically replace him while he was out. So that's a big it's a big shame. And anyone who wants to follow how these players are actually performing, you have a, a kind of weekly update on FC Suomi. Yes, I do. Yes, I, yeah, I do. And and, and Yannis Axela. I mean, we know this was done before, but he's moving to to Sparta Rotterdam. That'll be a good a good move for him because I think he'll also get games. Um, Yusuf mentioned that Mossa is coming back to Hoyiko. Yeah, potentially that could be excellent if they get. So if they get, there's a guy who I don't know. But Tim Vaurinen has not played for Dynamo Dresden this year. And he's not played... I know, I don't... <laughs> I don't want to start on Tim. Uh, <laughs> but but he's, not, he's, not, he's not played competitively this, this season. And he's not, he doesn't seem, it doesn't seem like he's, he's going to go anywhere for him in Dresden. If, if you put Tim Vaurinen up front with Mossa alongside him, who you call win the league, hands down. As good as, as, good as Essikor and as good as you know, Marion Hamilby... With Tim Varanen and Mossa up front, I think you can just call it a day. Well, let's hope that doesn't happen then. <laughs> you think they almost won the league for Hong Kong, didn't they? Yeah, he did. Yeah, exactly. That's that's what got him the moves abroad, and uh, yeah, in the first place. So, and and what about Demubuki, Mark? You you cut yourself off, or or the internet cut you off in your prime there? All right, okay. Uh, but Demo is not moving anywhere because he's uh, currently the league, the top scorer in Denmark. He is in beautiful form, so it's not really transfer related. Um, no, it was just news. But related. yeah, it was non-agenda news. Non-agenda. He, he looks, he looks incredibly sharp. I mean, I know it's the, I know it's the Danish Superliga, but uh, he's, uh, he's, he's running a lot more. Like, <laughs> I don't know if maybe this is sort of one positive side effect of the national team about how much he had to run on his own in a whole sort of half of the pitch. But he's 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 running a lot more. He's he's splitting defenders up. He's he's dropping off and uh, getting on the blind side, and he's finishing without. He's not thinking. He's just you know just hitting it and. and Doing what a proper striker does, which is just take a touch and finish. So he's, yeah, he's looking, he's looking really good. Fourteen league goals he's got, and in twenty-one league games, and I think he's got twenty-two goals in all competitions so far this season, which is pretty hot. Let's hope the new Hukiyat team can uh, bring him into the uh, bring him into the team and uh, and get some of that form out of him as well in the white and blue shirt. Okay, I think that's I think that's pretty much it for FFS twelve. Let's see if anyone's made any more any more comments. No, they're agreeing with you that Vauranem would be excellent for Hoyiko and that Hoyiko needs some wingers. Um, and that's and that's pretty much it. 
thanks uh, to Henry, to Yuspe, Yuha, Nicholas. Am I going to name everyone that's joined us live? All that Pentum as well, who who made all contributed to the show. It helps. We like it. We like to see your comments and try and weave them into the show. So thanks for joining us. Our three sites. Uh, you'll find Mark on fcswarmy.com. As I said before, we have regular reports on the hooker players around the world. Then there's Rich escapetoswarmy.com. Uh, Rich, what's on there most recently? Uh, the most recent? God, it's been that long. I can't actually remember. It's um, your, 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 the annual review, is it? Yeah, I normally do something like that. It's um, when I'm going to get the time. I don't know. I mean, the, the last thing I wrote on there was... It was just after Eremenko's ban, okay, and it was a, and it was a bit of a, a morbid piece. But there will be something um, reminiscing on the good parts of 2016. So quite a short article then. <laughs> most, mostly about Moham and not a lot else. <laughs> and my website, uh, explorefinlandpodcast.com, where you'll find this gets published. The show notes, along with t- today's show. We'll go there. The, the podcast itself will be published on there. So, and we'll try and get it out in the next few days. And also remember that this goes live on YouTube and you can find the video on YouTube if you want to see these three handsome devils doing their, doing their stuff as we, as we make this show. Um, if you search for my name, Mark Wiltshire, or search for the Finnish football show, you should find the, uh, the replay of the, of the live show as it goes out. So from me, Mark Wiltshire, from Mark down at FC Swarmy, goodbye. Goodbye. And Rich over in somewhere in south of London. Goodbye. Goodbye. And until FFS 13, which will probably come sometime early next year, goodbye for me. Bye-bye. And Merry Christmas. Yep, 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 yep.